Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and today I am very excited to have as my guest a really good friend and colleague and someone I really admire, Amy Evans. Amy, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me, Meredith. Well, you know, you and I have had so many really great conversations that I thought, you know, we've got to capture this because you are this energetic person who's doing so many great things in the world. I'm excited to be able to share you and what you're doing with my audience. And before we get into discussing those things, let me give a little bit more formal introduction so my audience will get to know who you are. Amy Evans is an entrepreneur who is passionate, and I can personally attest to that, about helping women step into their power, both in business and in relationships. Relationships. She's the founder of Align Women, a leadership and networking organization for professional women and the host of the Align Women podcast. And I encourage you to check that out. Amy does a great job interviewing some really wonderful women who are doing also good work in this world. Uh, in her other life, Amy is also the president of Calibri Insurance Services, and that's a boutique insurance agency that simplifies employee benefits for employers in Southern California. She also uses her expertise in the health insurance industry and the health insurance broker market to consult on a variety of projects. She's an active member of the National Association of Health Underwriters and is a regular speaker at insurance industry events. Amy is a really prolific social media user, and you'll find her engaging regularly on a variety of topics. And I highly recommend, we'll talk about it at the end, but Amy has a really active Facebook group for her Align Women Network. I'm a member of that, and I just love the posts that she and others put on that um, forum. So we'll get into that a little bit later. So Amy, we have a lot to talk about. You've been such a successful businesswoman, and I love your passion for helping women really network effectively. So before we go into the details of that, tell us a little bit more about your journey to the work that you're doing today. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. It sounds so much more impressive when you read it than when I put it down on paper. Um, I am a serial entrepreneur. It took me until my 30s to figure out that I was completely unemployable and really needed to be working for myself and not working with other people. I fell into sales accidentally because I followed a boy. Many of my stories in my early life start with that phrase. I followed a boy who had started a company with a really brilliant marketing idea and didn't really know how to build the infrastructure of the company. So he had a fantastic idea, but needed payroll and employees and operations. And so I helped him set that up and 
once we built the company and built the product, we needed to sell it. So I just started talking to people about what we were doing and ended up flying to Atlanta and selling Coca-Cola on our products. And after that relationship fell apart and that business uh, I left, uh, when I was looking at what my next career would be, it occurred to me that if I could put a proposal together and sell Coca-Cola, I might actually be good at selling. So I fell into the insurance industry like so many people do. So few of us intend to be insurance agents and brokers. Uh, I was presented with an opportunity to work with a very well-known um, insurance company and learn the ropes, spent 10 years there, uh, had a very successful career there, and then decided that I wanted to be a health insurance broker. So instead of selling one company's products, I wanted to work on behalf of my clients to help them find the, the appropriate products for them and went to work for a couple of years at a large national agency so that I could learn the ropes there. And then in 2015, left and started my own insurance agency. So now in Southern California, I'm working with small businesses, uh, helping them navigate the complexities of the Affordable Care Act and employee benefits and, and simplifying that process as much as I can for them. And then in 2019, in the interest of networking more effectively for my insurance agency, I started a networking mastermind for other women in professional services who wanted to work with women, support their businesses, and not do the traditional um, pitch and pray 60-second elevator speech post work day happy hour networking event circuit mm-hmm. that we have here in Los Angeles and and so I put together a group of 10 women who were offering services similar to mine as an employee benefits broker and uh, we started working together, started generating revenue from our referrals real quickly. And that was the birth of Align Women, which then became more networking masterminds, a podcast, a Facebook community that has about a thousand members, and now the opportunity to talk to people about how to network more effectively. And that has only um, been amplified by the uh, the lack of ability to go to some of those more traditional networking meetings, professional networking groups and chamber meetings and happy hours and things that we haven't been able to do in the last year. And Align Women was built to be a virtual networking platform uh, that creates real intimacy amongst the small groups of members who are in the networking masterminds. And it's been Uh, Wonderful for my business, wonderful for the businesses of the other women that are in the masterminds. And it, as I mentioned, has become a much bigger thing with this community of women that that I am building both through the podcast and through the Facebook group. So I'm intrigued and I bet many of my listeners are who've been on that network circuit and not felt especially aligned with that. I love the name of your group, Align Women. And so talk a little bit about, I know you said yours is virtual mm-hmm. and that you've actually ended up referring business to each other. Go a little bit deeper about how does that actually work? How do you each learn about the opportunities that other members might have to present to you? Do you have a structure? 
Yeah, we do. And, and I really wanted to build a, a structure that addressed a lot of the frustrations I was having in the more traditional networking uh, platforms. So um, one, of the, one of the foundational principles of the Align Women Networking Masterminds is that the members are all aligned from the beginning of uh, our, our uh, cycle together, which is a 12-month cycle. So I, as the leader of my mastermind, am selecting women who have uh, similar products and or, or services and are working with similar clients. So that all of us know going in that in my case, in my first networking mastermind, we're all serving small and medium businesses who are all looking for professional services like payroll, like employment law, like recruiting, like HR consulting, like employee benefits. Um, and that alignment of our professions allows us to refer very easily. I had been in a networking group, a paid group previously, and I, I like to use this as an example. One of the members of the group was a criminal law attorney, and another member was an auto broker. And while both of them I respected for what they did, the likelihood that I was going to need them or that they were going to need me was very, very low. And I felt like getting the alignment in my group from the beginning would greatly amplify the opportunity for referrals, which it did. So the other piece of that alignment is, is in energy. Um, women who are in business development, who are interested in growing their businesses, who are growth minded and open to uh, new opportunities open to running ideas by the group and getting constructive feedback um, and are also very engaged uh, in terms of making referrals to their clients and to their networks. So another thing I experienced in some of those other groups was people who had been in these groups for, you know, 20 or 30 years who were really there more for the social aspect and the, and even sometimes the, um, you know, I've always done this. And so I'm always going to keep doing this kind of uh, mentality, but not really interested in being engaged with the other members and, and working on business development. And I felt that that was a really important quality. So one piece is how the members are aligned from the beginning of the group. The other piece is how we engage over the 12 months. And yes, there is a structure and the meetings are built so that we can progressively learn about each other's businesses. So each meeting has a topic. There's a question that all the members get beforehand. We all answer the question during the meeting and engage with each other on that topic. And that could be uh, clients, it could be marketing, it could be uh, whether or not we have a loss leader in our business and how that works, it could be revenue. All of the topics are focused on business development and how we can improve our businesses and move them forward. And my belief before I started the networking masterminds was that the, the, the other things that women really enjoy about being in a group of women, the bonding, the friendship, um, and, and this is a word I haven't used, but other members of my masterminds have the sisterhood comes as a result of all the other work that we're doing together. And I've found when I've casually gotten together in groups of professional women, the conversations tend towards the social and not so much towards the business development. And I really wanted to flip that around 
focus on the business development with the belief that the social would evolve. And it really has. And we really have a, a lovely, we, I'm running two masterminds right now. I'll be starting another one in the spring. And uh, it's been such a wonderful experience. And I consider these women such, such good personal friends and such great resources for my business and for my clients. And um, I think you and I talked previously about one of my favorite success stories is in my uh, in one of my groups, it has 10 members and we have one client that five of us have touched. So the, the client came through the employment law attorney, went to the HR consultant, went to the payroll specialist, went to the employee benefits broker and has now gone to the retirement plan specialist. And that tells me if we can take one client and five of us can work on it, that the alignment that I wanted on the front end has, is really working. That's great. I love that because I think folks that are listening, it may stimulate them to think who might they know that they could align with, whether it's in a formal mastermind or informally, there are people out there who are providing complimentary services. And you can save yourself a lot of time if you can develop, it sounds like a lot of trust and respect Mm -hmm for each other so that if you have a client that, you know, is near and dear to you, that you want to serve well, you have confidence in the members of that group, whatever number someone might put together. Um, And one of the interesting things we've also talked about is last year, I think your word was networking Mm -hmm. or network. And this year it's leverage, right? Oh, yeah. So talk about what's the difference between those two from your perspective. Yeah. Um, so so ne- networking is a word that's pretty closely associated with me, given what I've been doing uh, for the last couple of years, building Align Women. And and I really the, the phrase is really networking with intention. So networking, going to a happy hour and wandering around a room of 50 people and hoping I bump into somebody that might be a good connection for me doesn't feel as intentional to me as as what I've built with the networking masterminds, Um, really focusing on on what works with networking, what doesn't work, getting a lot of feedback from the women in my circle um, and and making adjustments to the Align Women format. Uh, to make sure that we are getting the most out of it was my was my focus last year and, and continues to be. Um, the word leverage came to my attention when I read the 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 amazing book How Women Rise by Sally Helgeson, and it it really it really changed my life. It, it, it's one of it's one of the top three books that has had the biggest impact on me in my life, and it reviews. 12 habits that women typically have. Um, We've got to make some broad generalizations to have the conversation, but 12 habits that women are are socialized to have that might hold them back in moving forward in their careers. And one of the habits, the one that just stuck out to me the most was we're really good at building circles. We're good at building relationships. We're good at connecting, but we are not so good at leveraging those relationships. And one of the reasons is 
that we don't always own the value that we bring to an exchange. And if maybe a woman is younger in her career and is looking for mentorship from somebody who has more experience, she may be hesitant to develop that relationship because she's not really sure what she has to bring to that exchange with the older woman. And that just that whole description of, of how we in our own internal talk, hold ourselves back from creating relationships that can really move us and our businesses forward. That really stood out to me. And so I wanted to bring attention to how to leverage relationships uh, and how to feel good about leveraging relationships. One of the stories that she told uh, in, in that chapter that I love so much was um, a woman who was had no problem volunteering on a charity board and calling all of her close friends that she knew had means to ask them for donations to the charity. But when she wanted to move her own career forward, she was very, very reluctant to call the same people to ask them to make connections for her that she needed to move her career forward. And I think that's very true too. We're good at doing it on behalf of causes that we believe in, not necessarily as good uh, doing it for ourselves. So bringing attention to that and talking about tools that can help make that process easier uh, is one of my is one of my uh, causes for 2021. A couple different things there. I think you're so right. And, and so many of my listeners are service professionals, consultants, coaches, who to promote their businesses, they're promoting themselves. Mm -hmm. And that can be um, tough for them. So I want to come back to that. But the other thing about leverage is, do you find that some folks have, I won't say a negative connotation associated with that, but there is an angle that can feel like, and this goes back to stories we tell ourselves, right? But the, we associate it with using and, and talk a little bit about the difference that you see in using a relationship versus leveraging a relationship. Yeah, for me, leverage means creating a win-win-win. So that's one more win than most people talk about, right? So right. the win is the win is for me, the win is for the person that I am engaging directly with. And because I am in a service provider business where I have a client that I'm taking care of, I want the win to be for them as well. So when I'm looking at leverage, I'm looking at how to get all of those wins in place. And also, and this is another one of my words for 2021, uh, for me, leverage goes hand in hand with cultivation. And so I'm very focused this year on cultivating the relationships that I already have. And I think in sales and in marketing, a lot of times um, the messages are focused on more, more, more. How do you make more cold calls? How do you get more business cards? I, I was on a call this morning and a woman called that business card bingo, going to a networking event and playing business card bingo. And that, that so resonated with me. And an, another phrase that does is pitch and pray. Give your 60 second commercial and, and, and pitch yourself and then cross your fingers and pray that somebody in the room needs what you do or knows somebody that needs what you do. And one of the things that did not sit well with me about 
traditional networking groups was when I wasn't having success, the message I kept getting from other people in the organization was go to more meetings and collect more business cards. And I thought, you know, I have all the relationships I need. I don't need more business cards. I don't need to meet somebody once know that they could be a valuable connection and then just discard their card and go on to the next person or add them to my email list and hope that my monthly newsletter was going to somehow turn into new business. I really wanted to cultivate the relationships that I had. So in conjunction with Leverage this year, I'm really focused on a core group of 50 people who I know are, uh, service providers that offer complementary uh, services to what I do, who have been good referral sources for me in the past, who uh, I have a spark with so that when we communicate, we have lots of creative juices flowing and, and, and all of those uh, qualities um, together make for people that I want to get to know even better and then figure out how we can leverage our relationship to create success for both the two of us and for our respective clients. Mm -hmm. So leverage for me really goes hand in hand with cultivation. And I understand that, that, that leverage as a word by itself can kind of sound like, how can I use this person to get what I want? But with cultivation, I think it, 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 it makes the word a little nicer and, and really implies getting to know that person even better to figure out how, how I can, how we can be to, of service to each other. Mm-hmm. I like that. I also like your emphasis on win, win, win. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great um, approach to take. And I, I just like everything you've said about the use of that word leverage. I think we all need to just question associations we have with certain words to Mm. get past it so they don't hold us back from considering new ideas. Well, the thing I wanted to circle back around was related to um, your your experience in sales and how you developed in sales. Because when you you and I have spoken before, you, you know, you didn't just have this automatic sales personality, uh, Mm. if there is such a thing. But in in other words, sales didn't necessarily come comfortable to you or Mm -hmm. naturally initially, but you have really excelled there. So I would love for you to share, because I know I have listeners who have uh, hesitation about selling. It's, you know, they conjure up this fear and other negative um, words and emotions around that. So talk mm-hmm. about your success. Well, how, what did you put together that allowed you to ask? Yeah, so you're right. It, it's, I, I mean, most people, people don't go to school for sales. That's not a, you can go to school for communication, which helps. Uh, and I was an English major. So uh, that, that probably factors into it somewhere. Um, I, I, I think first, whatever you're selling, you really need to believe in. I think when you don't believe in it, um, there's a lack of authenticity that that people can smell and feel. And so really believing in the value of what you do and really connecting to how the person who purchases your product or service will benefit. So what's the, what's the improvement in their life that they're going to get from purchasing what you're selling and staying focused on that, I think allows people to kind of come out of their selves 
and go, oh, right, if this person didn't have a a really good financial plan, that might make it a lot harder for them to retire and feel financially secure. So I really believe in helping people put a good financial plan together. Or if this person didn't understand their health insurance policy, when they were sick or hurt, it might make it hard for them to get the care that they need. And that could cause a a financial challenge for them. So I want to be really sure that they understand how their health insurance works. And focusing on the end user and the benefits that they'll get from what I'm selling has really helped me to be confident about what it is that I'm offering. I'm not I'm not selling it because I want your money. I'm selling it because I really believe this is going to help you. And related to that, I believe that sales in its purest is teaching. When I can sit down with somebody and explain to them what this thing is, how this thing works and the benefits that they'll get from it, if they see that and agree with it and they buy it, I haven't used any sales tactics. And I think that's where people start feeling icky when there's manipulative tactics to try and get somebody to do something that isn't maybe what they wanna do, but they've been tricked or, or misled into doing it. If it's straight education, if it's explaining to somebody how something works and how it's going to benefit them, and they see that and agree to it, and I make a sale from it, I've just educated them. And that's very easy for me to do. I am a teacher at heart. I would have been in another life. I would have been an American lit professor and gotten my doctorate in American literature. So um, I have seen that that paradigm shift when I have explained to other people who've struggled with the idea of sales, I've seen that paradigm shift really help that it's education, that you're sharing information, that you're teaching them about how what you're selling is going to benefit them. And that opens up a door to all kinds of willingness to market that I think when someone's just thinking about icky sales tactics, they're not as willing to do. So I encourage people to think of it as teaching and approach it as teaching to make it feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes perfect sense. I had wanted to be a teacher since I was a little kid. And so I identify with your teaching um, uh, focus. And what's cool is there are so many ways that if you have that natural ability to want to be able to explain things to other people, then sales can be very effective. And I like that distinction you just made. And you were mentioning that you've helped some people make that paradigm shift. What is it that you've noticed they need to change about, say, their mindset or the way they think about sales in order to be more effective when they're in front of that prospective client? That's a, such a great question. And um, I, I, I say this particularly for women, but I, I say this for, for anybody. And I used to uh, run a team when I was with an insurance company. I ran a team of 13 brand shiny new 1099 salespeople. So I've had these conversations a lot. Um, you know more than you think you know. Um, and, and understanding that and embracing it, um, I think, helps people realize that that they have value to bring, um, even if they're relatively new in the sales process. And 
one of the things I have talked to people about uh, when it comes to social media posting, because I've done some training in the insurance industry about how to use social media. Um, it is not a it is it is not a tool that a lot of that that is widely adopted in the insurance industry at this point. Um, one of the one of the tips I like to give is go into your emails and look at the last week of emails that you've exchanged with clients or prospective clients. And I bet you you can pull out five frequently asked questions that you answer all the time about the value of what you do, whether it's about a specific product or how should I think about this or when should I consider signing up for Medicare or when should I have a financial plan in place, whatever that is. And there's probably five should ask questions that you wish your clients, your audience understood about what you do. And if they ask those things earlier in the process, they would probably be better off. You could pull those questions just out of your sent emails and you'd have five or 10 social media posts right there or articles that you could write on LinkedIn or quick videos that you could make to explain to people what you do. And I think as salespeople, when we get into the weeds about what we do, because we see the, the whole picture about all how all this stuff interrelates, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. And sometimes just taking a little bite out of it and going, hey, here's a little tip that you should know. Um, most people who don't do what you do and don't speak the language that you do will find that incredibly valuable. So I, I would say most people know more than they think they do, and they need to simplify it in terms of using those messages as, as sales tools, as marketing mm -hmm. tools. That's great. Do you have an example of someone you've helped that sort of made this transition from one way of approaching or way of thinking about sales compared to a new fresh way that was more um, helpful? I have a, a very good friend named Dawn, who is an insurance broker like me, and who came into the insurance industry like so many of us do not super clear on which direction she wanted to take. And we spent some time in 2019, I spent some time coaching her. And I really believe in a values-based approach to absolutely everything. I believe that when you understand what your values are, then you can carry those forward, both in your personal life and your professional life to do things that are really um, resonant with you and, and, and aligned with what's important to you. And so I took her through the process of identifying her values and then using those to determine what her boundaries were about who she was willing to work with and who she wasn't and what her non-negotiables were and then use those as a filter for all of the things she was working on to determine whether the commitments that she had made were were really aligned with what was important to mm -hmm. her and i find especially since i work so much with women um, we, we tend to overcommit. We tend to take on lots of projects. We like being asked. We like fulfilling things. We sometimes I, I've certainly said, and I've heard other people say, you know, um, I don't really have time to do that, but I know I can do that better than anybody else can and more efficiently than anybody else can. So I'll just take that on. 
And I, and I, when people say they have a, a time management problem, I think the truth is they have a priority management problem. And when they can really, when people can really connect with their values and what their true priorities are, um, not only can it clear away the clutter, but that values piece can then carry forwards in terms of confidence to say, right, I am, I am selling Medicare because I really believe in, in serving the senior market. I, I, I see how they have been underserved and I see how there are unscrupulous people in the senior market. And I want to be a person who brings the information to them and takes good care of them to make sure that they have what they need. And when she was able to connect all of those pieces, it's really changed how she presents herself, her comfort level with marketing her services, even being on video on social media, which I think when we started working together is something she wouldn't, she would not have imagined being comfortable with. Um, so that's a, that's an example of how all of those pieces kind of tie together. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really like what you described there because one of the key things to me that's a takeaway for listeners is this, um, taking the time, slow down to really identify who do you most resonate with or who most resonates with you in terms of their needs and how you can serve them. And my guess is part of her getting more comfortable with video was being able to visualize those seniors that she was helping instead of just, you know, general people. There's mm -hmm. an emotional connection that you can make the more niched down you go. And I think that's a really um, essential point when thinking about who can I best serve and how can I most comfortably approach those folks. So getting listeners to just think, who do you relate to? Mm -hmm. Who do you connect with? Who have been your most um, satisf personally satisfying clients to work with so that that then makes it easier to get past those moments of discomfort in approaching. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I know, I know because I've been there starting, I'm running my fifth and sixth business now concurrently. So as a serial entrepreneur, you know, you start the new business and then you have to sell what you've, what you've started and niching down is scary in the beginning because you, you want to take, whoever's coming, whoever's willing to give you money. It's, it's a little scary to say, no, I'm not, everybody's not my client. This is my focus. And, and that can be super scary in the beginning, but y y there's a very emotional con connection. I like the way you described it. Like who lights you up? Who are you? Who have you been the most satisfied to serve when you talk about that? I mean, you can see it. Sometimes people reflect back, you know, somebody's smile gets bigger and their eyes get brighter. I was just on a call this morning with, uh, with a sales coach uh, finishing up a six week program. And one of the members in our group um, had a shift in audience during the six weeks that we worked together and realized that it was the senior market that she really wanted to serve. And that coach reflected to her that when she talked about the senior market, she saw that change. She saw that this woman lit up and was really excited talking about that group. And it helped her to realize that that's who she wanted to focus on. And the benefits of a mastermind group like the ones you've put together and it's a year long commitment you've got. So you all really get to know each other and you're able to really reflect back what you're seeing 
I would think that would be sort of a side benefit of being a part of one of those groups. For sure. Um, the, the, the unfolding of, of our, of the understanding of us and our businesses is a really important part of that process. And, and I've been in informal groups, even split off groups. So maybe I was in a, like a chamber and a couple of people said, Hey, we all kind of do the same thing. Let's get together once a month for coffee. And, you know, it works for one month or two months and then one person can't make it. And then it sort of unravels and there's no accountability uh, and there's no expectation of engagement that really carries that through. And it was important to me to build a container that has a financial commitment and it has a time commitment so that everybody who enters it knows we're here for the long haul. And that allows those relationships to unfold. So like you said, we can we can reflect things back to each other. We have a level of trust. Someone can even uh, the friend Dawn I was talking about when she started making videos, she brought sort of the raw version to the group and said, I'm really nervous putting this out here, but I really want your feedback. And we were able to give her some really valuable feedback. So yes, creating a container like that allows for the richness of those relationships in a way that no other group that I've been a part of has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the um, structure you put in place is, is just remarkable. And you, I want you to tell us, you started with the first one that was business to business, right? right? And then you did a second one that was business to consumer. So talk mm -hmm. a little bit about, and then you've got two more coming up. So describe why you decided one was not enough and two was not enough and why the need to expand. Yeah. So, so the, the idea has always been that this format is duplicable. So I started the format in service to my business as an insurance broker. So as an insurance broker, I work with small and medium businesses in Southern California and my clients need other professional services. And I wanted a network of women who were offering those complimentary services so that we could all send referrals back and forth. And so my business is, is business to business. I'm selling my, my services to other businesses. And so I wanted a group of women who were also all business to business. Um, I have a large circle of, of people and, uh, and many of them are business to consumer. My friend Dawn that I was talking about is one of those. So she sells to individuals in the senior market. And so her business structure wasn't the right fit for the first mastermind. And so I built a second one around her and other women who sell business to consumers. So um, that's uh, an, an individual financial planner and a woman who serves the, the senior market, helping people manage their moves when they're going from, say, a, a house to a senior living home and a reverse mortgage specialist who works with individuals. Um, so the business to consumer group was born out of the desire to take this format and allow another group of women to use it and to benefit from it. Now I have other women who are also business to business um, who do similar things to the women that are already in my first group. So there is exclusivity. Once we have an employment law attorney, we don't want another employment law attorney. So I'm looking at building a second business to business group that really is a 
duplicate of the first, but with a, an entirely new group of women. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also looking at a leadership group that is not geographically bound like the other groups are. So pre-COVID, when I started Align Women, one of the tenets of the alignment of the members is that we were all in the same geography. So that if I was going out to visit a client, I could call up the retirement plan specialist and say, hey, come with me. I want you to meet this client. They've been asking some questions about setting up a retirement plan. Let's get you in front of them. I'm not quite ready to let go of the geography yet. Um, I'm not sure if that'll continue to be a a defining factor of these groups, but I'd also like to have a leadership group of women anywhere in the country or really anywhere in the world who want to, who want to focus more on um, business planning and leadership um, as opposed to business development. So it, it, it's branching out in fun and wonderful and interesting ways as I continue to, to spend time on it and to get feedback from other people who are interested in participating. Well, I love seeing your, you know, creative juices just taking you in, in all kinds of interesting directions based on your own personal interest. Now, I think there's a really important takeaway there for folks listening to this because while they might not want to do a mastermind around what you've, you know, created, they may have other ideas of ways to pull clients together in a way that would be supportive. So this leadership group that you're talking about expands your thinking and potential members in terms of who could belong and how you could, they could benefit, what kinds of topics you could cover. So it, it's serving a purpose to keep your own uh, endless curiosity that you have <laughs> engaged with new and exciting projects. So I think that um, what you've been talking about is just really powerful for people if they allow their own creative ideas to emerge with things that they could do to bring others together and leverage and cultivate. I love those words. Mm-hmm. We're getting close to time, but I do want to give you a minute to talk about your Align Women group on Facebook, why you started that, what the purpose is, and how can people get it, especially women. I guess it's exclusively for women, right? Yeah. So how is. can my women listeners uh, become a part of that? So Align Women is very present on social media and people of any gender are welcome to visit our website or visit our Facebook page or LinkedIn page. Uh, the Facebook group is an ex- is a community exclusive to women. And I built that initially because I had a lot of people reaching out to me interested in what I was doing once I started the first mastermind. And once I started the first mastermind, it was closed. So we found the 10 women, we got it rolling. It was a 12 month commitment and there wasn't anything else for me to offer. And I had a lot of people reaching out and saying, what are you doing? This is an interesting idea. How do I get involved? And that was, that was the, the uh, original reason I founded the Facebook community was to gather those people together, um, like-minded people that supported women's empowerment, that were interested in engaging in in productive conversations about building businesses, driving revenue, uh, quality referrals, uh, getting feedback on marketing. Uh, There are a lot of women's groups on Facebook, um, but I 
my experience has been that the content there is not always um, super valuable. And I wanted to create a group where there was a, a very high level of discourse. Mm -hmm. So it started growing. Uh, it's up to about a thousand members. Um, it is a wonderful place for women to ask questions, get feedback from other women, share ideas, uh, request referrals. And um, I, I am committed to providing a high level of value. I do live videos. I invite other women in to provide training on topics that either I think would be a value or that other people have requested. I'm super excited, Meredith, that you've uh, agreed to come in and do um, a training on communication for the community. Um, so it's it's continuing to grow. Everything about Align Women is uh, is exciting and energizing and I don't know what the end point is my business coach wants me to say what I want this to look like in 10 years and I don't have an answer for her because um it it, it has a lot of energy behind it but the the path I, I'm totally comfortable saying is not clear my my husband likes to say uh as long as the path is either lit or straight keep going and I would say this path isn't straight because I can't see the end of it but it is definitely lit by all of the amazing women that are so supportive of the community that we're creating through the masterminds and the Facebook group and the podcast. You know, just hearing you talk in uh, not so many years ago, I would have been sitting here probably feeling a little angst for you. How could you not know? But now I am just so much more comfortable myself with ambiguity and not having everything mapped out and allowing things to evolve. I think what that does is it keeps us open mm -hmm. to, to it kind of keeps our radar up to notice things that yeah. might present themselves as opportunities that we wouldn't have seen if we had mapped out a very rigid path that was straight. Yep. <laughs> a lot of times it's a lot more fun and I just see you enjoying crooked paths. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the one of the underpinnings of that to go back to something we mentioned before is I am very clear on my values. I know what is important to me and what drives me both from a, a personal perspective and from an organizational perspective. Knowing that gives me my foundation so that when new opportunities come, I mentioned using the values as a filter, I can say, boy, I didn't see that coming at all, but it ticks off all the boxes for all the things that are really important to me. So this is clearly a good thing to do, even though I could not possibly have predicted that that was an opportunity that was going to present itself. And I would much rather be in that open position rather than saying, well, no, I'm focused on just public speaking and you came to me with a book deal, a book deal isn't what I want to do at all. Well, that maybe it is, maybe it ticks off all the boxes. And so I want to be open to what those possibilities are because I'm not smart enough to predict all of that. I can't see where all of this is going. If the last year's taught me anything is that I can't see where it's all going. I just want to be open to the things that are aligned with what's important to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's awesome. And I want to encourage um, my listeners to check out Amy Evans on the various social media platforms. And um, Amy, I want to invite women to, I guess, like your Facebook page, but also mm -hmm. explore 
um, and consider joining your group because it really is filled with a lot of value. And I know most of us think, I don't need to join anything else, but you know, you can check out the content as time allows and it makes a big difference. Tell us your website so people can also check out your services, your mastermind groups, and anything else that may have interested them based on our conversation. For sure. You can go to alignwomen.org, A-L-I-G-N-W-O-M-E-N.org. And there's information about our networking masterminds, including a form that you can complete if you're interested in learning more information. There are links to uh, all of our social media pages and a link to our Facebook group. So that is a one-stop shop that'll give you lots of information for the organization. Excellent. Well, Amy, thank you for who you are in the world. I just love the work you're doing, the way you're so committed to serving women and the positive energy you bring. I know I love every time I get to be in a group uh, meeting or in a one-on-one conversation with you because you just give so much and I, I just enjoy you so much. Thank you, Meredith. We, you are definitely one of my sparks and I always have fun talking with you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now, head over to growstrongleaders.com slash free and grab our ebook, Listen Like a Pro. You'll find out how to connect on a deeper level with the people who matter to you. And while you're there, check out our two books, Connect with Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.